You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Ian, look at this. Well, it's a police box. What on earth are you doing here? Well, these things are usually on the street. Feel it. Feel it, you feel it? Faint vibration. It's alive. Earth Station Who, a fun mashup celebrating nearly 50 years of the Doctor Who universe. Hold tight. You never know where the TARDIS is going next. You're probably a bit confused right now. I broke the glass. It's all come back to me. This. What is this? That's my ship. Let me take it from the top. Hello. I'm the doctor. I'm a traveler in space and time. And that thing buried down there is called a TARDIS. Time and relative dimension in space. You're gonna love this. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Earth Station Who podcast. That's right, folks. We are back once again, and we are going back to the 11th Doctor era, and we are looking at the Rebel Flesh and the Almost People. This is Matt Smith's second season, and this was actually in a series of some amazing stories of Doctor Who. We had, right before this, we had the Doctor's Wife, and then we also had, of course... Um, we have this one in the almost people, but then we also have, um, the story after that one, which is just almost as good. And that's of course, when you have a good man goes to war, which, you know, introduces the Paternoster gang and introduces, um, some other, you know, characters we've seen before, but also the headless monks and some really cool stuff. And you also find out finally who the mystery of river song is solved. Kind of, sort of. So this is just a great era of Doctor Who. And, you know, I forgot how good this was when I started watching it. And I am so looking forward to talking about this one with you guys. But we got a great crew to talk all about this. Of course, joining us for the first time, let's welcome Shannon Longmire. Welcome. Hi, thank you. And you've been a longtime listener of the podcast, and I met you years and years ago at DragonCon through yeah. the tracks. Mm -hmm. and, and so it's pretty cool. So you're a huge Doctor Who fan, and so tell me your history with Doctor Who and such. And we also want to find out who's your doctor. <laughs> well, I'd have to say that my doctor was David Tennant. I love him to death, though I first started watching with Christopher Eccleston and went back all the way to the first doctor and started rewatching, trying to catch back up. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty awesome because a lot of fans of the new series just stick with the new series. And so that's pretty cool that you all went all the way back to William Hartnell and everything. Yeah. That's pretty admirable. That's awesome. <laughs> that's very cool. So that's cool. And so are you still watching the show or, you know, like some people haven't been, you know, as enthusiastic to watch Jody as the doctor and such stuff like that? I genuinely love Jody, but between going to school and working full time, it's difficult to be able to stop and take a break and indulge in my hobbies. But I really, the episodes that I've seen with Jody, I've really enjoyed. 
Okay, that's very cool. Very cool. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun talking about this one with you. And it was funny when I mentioned, hey, we have an 11th Doctor story coming up. Do you want to join us? I think within 30 seconds, you were like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so it was pretty yeah. awesome. So welcome aboard. Thank you. And, of course, we have our regulars with us. Let's, of course, say howdy to Mr. Mike Gordon. Howdy. And, of course, the lovely and talented Mary Ogle is here. Hi, everybody. It is fantastic to be here. So we have a fun one for us tonight. We definitely would love to hear from everybody at home. Feedback at our station, who is the best way to get in touch with us? Of course, we have an amazing Facebook group. And, you know, it's, it's awesome to talk about Doctor Who and to chat and put up memes and talk about fake news, what's going on with a new doctor, you know, and trying to predict who the new doctor is going to be. There's no way we're going to be able to predict it. It's just, it's going to be, it's just going to happen and they're going to go. Go, oh, him, her, it, you know, whoever. So it's going to be pretty awesome to see whoever they get for the new doctor. So should be a ton of fun. And we talk all about that in, you know, the Facebook group. But we also have our own webpage, which is earthstationwho.com, where we have all our older episodes. And we go back quite a few years. And if you were working right now on an archive page where you're going to be able to go back all the way to episode one of Earth Station Who. And that's a lot of podcasting because, you know, we're coming up real soon on episode 300. So that's a lot of Doctor Who. That's a lot of regenerations you're going to have to go through to listen. So it should be a ton of fun, though. And, of course, want to say thank you, everybody who has been listening. Our numbers have been going up, of course, as always. But that could be because it's the new series or people like us. I don't know. It's either way. It's pretty cool that, you know, people are listening and it's also great that people are leaving feedback and it's always just great just knowing people do listen to us. So definitely let's jump in with both feet, the rebel flesh. We are going back all those years to ready for this folks. May 21st, 2011. It's almost <laughs> 11 years ago, which is perfect for the 11th doctor. So I thought that was a nice little tie-in. And it was um, a story that takes place in the near future, probably within the next hundred years. And it starts off, you know, the doctor is, has been very suspicious of things going on with Amy. And it's, you know, is she pregnant? Is she not pregnant? You know, and he was monitoring her. And it was then he wanted to drop off Amy and Rory and the fun then starts from there because they end up on this island in I guess the British in the Northern Sea right off the coast of the UK and they're mining for acid of all things and you have some very cool things you have these miners who are doing it but they aren't mining themselves they have what they call gangers doing it and it's some pretty amazing stories. So, first off, you know, did you guys see this when it originally aired, or did you um, come to it later? How did it work for you guys? I watched it first on Netflix because I hadn't, I didn't really start watching the new series until series seven. I mean, gotcha. watching it. Watching wow, it I didn't realize it was that late. Yeah. But I mean, I had seen all the, you know, I the, went all the way through the things you learn about people. Wow. <laughs> I, know, I know. Shocking. What about you, Mikey? 
Uh, no, I saw this probably as soon as it aired. Uh, by that time, I was fully invested in New Who and uh, whatever it was on, probably BBC America at this time, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Because I think ever since it was only those first few years where it was on sci fi, right? It was on sci fi all the way through the Tenant era. And then I think that when they switched to Matt is when they went to BBC America. Well, yeah. And I don't know if you guys watched this through HBO Max, which is what I watched it through. But um, I was very disappointed to see that they kept the intro, the Amy uh-huh. intro. Yes, I My name way. is Amy Pond. Yeah, oh. I was like, this is totally <laughs> unnecessary. Like, I just was like, this is, I thought that was a BBC America thing. But it must have been the way BBC packaged it to American audiences. And thus, that's why um, HBO Max has it that way, too. I don't know if it's like that way on the on the discs. But I don't have those, but... That's very it, disappointing. It was that way on Netflix, too. Yeah. Is it that way on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. Shannon, what about you? I watched it when it first aired. I was such a fangirl of the episode. I literally, of Amy Pond and Rory, my, I would say my third cosplay ever was her Kissogram outfit. So I was watching it and already, I was ready to go the whole time. I even made like fish fingers and custard, which was terrible. <laughs> that, was not, that was bad. My son had me had me make it for him, and you know, Dad, we've got to try because he was ten at the time, and yeah. we tried the fish fingers and custard, and we both had to look as we took our first bite, going, "I don't think we'll be doing this." Again. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was pretty awesome, and it's it's interesting though because you know. This is Matt's second season already, and he is so fit into the role, and it's it's just awesome. And the chemistry he had with Karen and Arthur was great. It was real, and it was nice. You know, we've always talked about, you know, too big of a crowded TARDIS, and I never felt like when it had Amy and Rory, it was too crowded at all. It was a lot of times it always felt like Amy was always choosing the doctor above Rory, but this one actually showed Rory choosing Jennifer above you know, Amy. Everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. was really interesting because I like the episodes where Rory's like nurse instinct kicks in. Yeah. Um, and it was <laughs> it was in high gear for this storyline, yeah. both parts. Yes. And yeah. it kind of burned them in the end, truthfully. Mm-hmm. And because Jennifer took full advantage of that. So but, um one thing you said though is that I mean, yes, they're it is amazing to watch and see Matt do this, but as we've discussed uh, his first season, heck, his first few episodes, like uh, the first thing he actually filmed was that two-parter with the Weeping Angels and River. And I think we were all astounded at how confident he was in the role then. But he just continues to get better and better and better. And, um, you know, no offense to anybody else who's who's played the Doctor, especially recently. But damn, this is like, it's watching this is just such a breath of fresh air. Oh, very much so. Yeah. And that's what made it great <laughs> to see. I was interesting over the weekend, uh, Mike Faulkner and I went over to Titan Comics and we were talking to Mike over there. So it was three Mikes talking to each other, basically. <laughs> and we were I talking. Feel I know you, your invite got lost in the mail or something, dude. Uh, but we were basically <laughs> talking. A lot. No comment. Old. 
but it was interesting because he we were talking about Doctor Who because he you know we've to- I told him because Mike used to be our to go place for when we did in shop appearances and stuff and I said we've got to really start that up again and as we were talking about it, he said oh yeah I thought about joining you guys for your live Doctor Who show you did a couple weeks back and I said oh it would have been great he said and I said we'll get you on the show soon and I asked so I asked him. What did you think of Flux? And he said it was for Chibnall, it was great. But for <laughs> other doctor, but for other Doctor Who, it was just okay. And it was interesting. I told him we were talking about this one with you know the gangers and everything. And one of the things he said is, I remember liking it, but it wasn't a, for me. It wasn't a great one. But you know that explains exactly. The whole Chibnall era, it's just okay. It isn't great. And, you know, and it's like, damn, you hit it on the head right there. It was just okay. Jody was was awesome. Jody is amazing. And we've said that multiple times. I hope, you know, more people learn to appreciate what she's doing. And I just wish she had better stories. Yeah, it's the writing. It just yeah, it always yeah. comes down to the writing. And even I mean, on, the thing even is, even on classic, who we're going to bash Chibnall? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, the thing is, the, the, this is a for me. This is an outstanding season. There are so many good stories in this season, and I don't remember Rebel Flesh. I mean, before I watched it again, as really um, impressing me that much, to be honest. But when I went back and watched it, I thought, wow, this is really good. And I thought, and it's only because it was in this, like it came after the doctor's wife, you know, <laughs> just, just before Good Man Goes to War. It's like oh sandwiched in between these really great episodes. And so I think it kind of ne- it didn't necessarily get the due that it deserved, but it just shows you what a difference it makes when there's just a good foundation of writing, when there's good, when the secondary characters actually have some depth, (laughs) when you actually care what's happening, Mm -hmm. it makes a huge difference. Uh, And I don't mean any disrespect to anybody else who's played the doctor. I mean, like Jody's doing really well. And, you know, if she had had a better writer, this, that, and the other thing, who knows, but she's a different doctor than Matt is. Matt's a different doctor than David was, Peter, et cetera, et cetera. They all bring something different and unique to the table. But I find more and more uh, every time I rewatch a Matt Smith episode, how much I just love him. Like he is, he might, you know, he climbs up just um, more and more. Like my doctor is always going to be Tom, Tom Baker. But man, Matt is like, I know he, his inspiration was the second doctor, but man, he just feels like Tom's doctor in a lot of ways where I just never, never know what he's going to do. Never know what he's going to say. Uh, he's always, he's always on. He's always on. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a, he's just a joy to watch. And, um, and I do think though that, you know, like, yeah, as Mary said, while you're watching this season, which is pretty incredible, this one maybe be, it might be a little lackluster, but then right after you watch Flux, you know, you watch this and you're like, damn, this is really good. Like, like 
Um, It's a shame, but that's, you know, you're grading on a curve, right? I wonder if we would have watched a Colin Baker episode, what we would have thought. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Maybe after the next uh, Chibna one, it's time to try uh, a trial of time, because there'll be no better time to do it. Uh, nope, 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 nope. That's the end of the show then. You know, we're not ending yeah. the podcast yet. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't want to diss Jody because I actually think she did a fantastic job. Yes. But I think there's this sort of level of otherness that uh, Matt achieved that, uh, you know, Tom Baker achieves it, Patrick Troughton achieves it, that maybe Jody didn't quite. I'm not sure she quite got there, even though I absolutely, I love Jody. I think she was fantastic. And I think it had a lot to do with, with the dialogue she was given and the writing she was given. So I don't fault her for that, but I, I just feel like, uh, you know, the writer of this episode understood who the doctor was and Chibnall never, never really did. Or, or like, you know, to your point, Mary, I think, you know, other doctors, like other actors who played the doctor, like Peter, um, and even to an extent, uh, David Tennant, um, they are more um, relatable. Uh, they're not as otherworldly as the ones that you mentioned, like Patrick and, and, and Tom and, and, and uh, Matt, you know, like, I think they, they make it more, they make the doctor more approachable, whereas these guys make him seem more, more of a alien. alien being. Yeah. Uh, and Jody would be in the camp of like, you know, I would say like David and, and, uh, uh more, more humanish. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think so. Well, that's, you know, a lot of people, you know, said that that was David's thing was that his doctor was like one of the more human ones. Yeah. And I think where, Peter to that, it was that to an extent too. Exactly. Where Matt, is like all wild and crazy and all <laughs> all over the place and you know flailing. Oh, exactly, and that's wonderful. And it's just it's just awesome to see. And we actually had a multi doctor story here. You know, this was pretty awesome that Matt got to play against Matt. You know, and yeah. so soon after we watched Jody play off against Jody, like it, it's kind of cool to see the two of them. Like it's very something that links the two of them now. And I I saw a lot of similarities actually in this that, you know, with between Matt's doing, you know, complimenting himself and talking to himself and everything that Jody did in yep. the final flux story. And I thought she did fantastic with it. Hell, she was flirting with herself and everything, <laughs> and which is pretty damn awesome. And I, you know, and Matt, you know, oh, I love your bow tie. I love, you know, and everything. And it was interesting in the storyline and that, you know, how Amy was so anti, you know, ganger and, you know, and even the ganger doctor when he showed up, even though he had the same, he was, he was the doctor. He had all the same traits, all the signs. He wasn't, you know, he wasn't anything evil, anything deceptive about it or anything. He was there to help everybody. And it was awesome. And I loved how they pulled off the switcheroo in that. And it showed really the depth of, you know, how much Amy cares for the doctor, but she was cold to the ganger one. It was just, it was just awesome. So it was pretty neat to see. 
I kind of had a feeling though, that they had switched shoes. I mean, I know I had watched it previously, but even in the first one, I was like, "Mm, this is going somewhere because everybody remember the doctor lies. So I was like, I'm wondering if he's using this to gauge their reactions. And that's actually what he was doing. And I thought that was very cool too. Like the moral conflict of the gangers versus the humans. So, mm-hmm. okay. And the only true evil ganger was Jennifer mm-hmm. and everything. And, and even and wh- she was kind of understandable that she was driven that way because she was fighting for her survival. You know, to yeah. her, it was war, which was very understandable because, I mean, she didn't really change until, you know, the, the leader whose name I'm sorry, I'm blanking on, um, you know, killed, killed one of them. Well, then what would your reaction be? I mean, if you're in the <laughs> yeah. group, are you going to say, oh, well, that's okay. We'll, we'll ha-ha, gang up with you. I read that. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Um, I read that Matthew Graham liked making the quiet one, the darker one, so to speak, the more conflicted one. Just it brought more depth to it. Um, it was really, I think, a really interesting way that they, they made her when she fought herself, like two gangers fought each other because they had already killed um, the human one. Right. They and then they used Jennifer. it to manipulate Rory. I was like, well, this is a very interesting take on it, too. And it refers to what, what you said, Rory's nurse's instincts kicking in and being like, oh, I must, I must save this person. I must help them type thing. Oh, I could totally see that. It was, it was really interesting to see that because she was manipulating Rory with creating another version of herself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, and it was just, it was, it was very interesting to, th- to see, you know, it, because of the solar storm that they had, that's what, you know, basically mutated the gangers to become human. You know, that they morphed into, that they also became, you know, human. But then, you know, what the doctor did to them at the end fully formed them into it, which is which is interesting to see. Yeah, I think um, uh, I think that there is, yeah, I was sort of not clear on exactly, but I got the impression that even without the solar flares, like this was something that was, I mean, we find out that, like it's somewhere else, I think in India, some had rebelled. Like this was just a matter of time. Uh, the fact that the fact that uh, um, the the one girl I can't uh, I just can't remember her name now. Um, what uh, Sarah, right? Jennifer. 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 Uh, yeah. One of Jennifer. Like she was. She was saying to everybody else, like I remember every death. Um, and the others said they didn't. Um, and and so like she was she was going to feel that way no matter what mm-hmm. because of that, I think. And that, and that was only something that I think, and we also know that the substance is self-aware, um, which is something that they didn't know. They, you know, they, they attributed to something like Moss, right. Where it doesn't really think for itself. It's alive, but it doesn't really think for itself. And, and the doctor knows that's not true. Um, I do find it interesting that this is one of the few places, this is one of the few times that the doctor actually lands and goes where he's supposed to, maybe not <laughs> at the time that he was supposed to go. Um, even though Rory and, and Amy think that they're there by accident, once again, it, you know, he plays it off like, Oh yeah, we did show up here randomly. Not, you know, like- oh, exactly. <laughs> well, it was, it was interesting too, because they wanted, the doctor wanted to go. Cause obviously the technology, 
for the duplicates are much more known in the future throughout the universe even. And he wanted to see the technology at its infancy. And that's why he went when he did. So he like must he just have wanted even to figure there. out like yeah. how to tell between that and human. Like he just couldn't, right. like his, his scanners couldn't figure it out. So he needed to go to the source to be able to figure out how to tell the difference. Um, I don't know if it mattered when he went, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I, that's the impression I got. Right. It it was interesting because he had mentioned it multiple times, you know, he that he wanted he had heard of, knew more about the technology than he was letting on. And, you know, and it was it was real interesting. I wonder if he even knew about the events that happened. And maybe that's why he wanted to see the repercussions of the solar storms with it and everything. So who knows? I don't He's the smartest one in the room, but I don't know if he's that smart. Like, like, I mean, I mean, he's, this is a guy who like, not only like plans, I mean, he's planned so far in advance. That's the reason why he does the switcheroo because he makes the call to the guy's kid because he knows that later on it's going to make a difference. And I'm just like, I'm like, damn, this is, this is a doctor that we haven't seen in years. <laughs> yeah. this, this, this smart doctor we haven't seen in years. So Amy, that was going with him the whole time, she was a more evolved ganger then? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I can't remember when the switch was made. Do you guys remember that? I think it was in the orphanage. Because he says a long, long time. And obviously yeah. she's pregnant, so it must have been about like in their weird time thing it must have been like nine months right but right but wibbly wobbly timey wimey type stuff <laughs> right because so i don't know what episode the storyline that would be where that was um that was the impossible astronaut storyline at the beginning of the season like four like four episodes before this one yeah the first episode in the season yeah and it was well, they went to that orphanage and uh it was canton and amy and you remember she went into the room with all the the silence yeah. were on the ceiling, and then she found that one room, and it had pictures of her with the baby, and which didn't make sense anyway because you never <laughs> got a chance to see that because the baby was kidnapped, and so it was just interesting to see, and then the the silence showed up behind her, and the door slammed. And she started screaming, and that's when the replace that supposedly the replacement happened okay. for her, and that's why she was seeing then um, Madame Kavorki, whatever her yeah, name was, like with the eye patch, with the eye patch lady, through the diff- the holes and everything, because she was subconsciously seeing it through, you know, when she was laying in the tube, basically. Right. Every once in a while, she'd get like a little blip of consciousness. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so, because you saw it from every that point on, you saw things like that. In her- and it but the like doctor every- would tell her to breathe. Too. Yeah, exactly. Also. It looks yeah, like every once what, in a while. He knew exactly <laughs> what was going on. Right. The scanner tells him that like, yeah, she's pregnant. She's not pregnant. She's pregnant. She's not pregnant. Like he knows that there's some sort of transmission going on between this, this form of Amy uh, which he has no problem destroying, even though he fights for it like hell for the rest of them. Yeah, he has yeah. no problem getting ready to destroy Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I was oh, like, okay. Exactly. It's like, Rory, step away from her. And I, guess, like, I guess this one wasn't self-aware. Maybe? Yeah. Well, we, we're hoping. 
Because <laughs> he just murdered her. So. Well, I think it was more the traditional thing, though, because that was her consciousness in inside, the, it. inside her and everything. Because after he destroyed the ganger of Amy, she woke up in the tube. Right. And she became conscious yeah. and realized where she was. So before that, she was unconscious, but she was, you know, in the tube, and that's how she was she able was to experiencing life through the ganger. Yeah. Exactly yeah. in the yeah. TARDIS. Yeah. yeah, but she didn't know she was doing it that way. Right. No, that's why she got scared right. and everything. So it right. wasn't the ganger saying, "I'm scared." It was. It was Amy. It was Amy. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was Amy. So, that, For the first time, you're scaring me, li- Doctor. That yeah. could have been made a little clearer. I'm not saying I didn't get it, but it could have been made a little clearer just because it's like, because <laughs> it does seem like he spends two two episodes going like, save them, they're real people. And then, it, it, oh, no, Amy? Flash dead. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, they did, they did gloss over that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, you know, it, it was still... That's the beauty of episodes like this, where you have like, you know, the sort of base uh, under siege thing, right? Where um, it's sort of like the thing where you don't know who is real and who's not. Like you're wondering who is the enemy and who's not. Like it's just real fun to play with that. And this was a really unique way of doing it. They did it really well setting the atmosphere too. I mean, just like the production design, the set design. Come on. It was enough spooky castle. How could it not be good? (laughs) And the acid being a continuous threat. I mean, Mm -hmm. I thought they just did that really well. No, it was, it was really done really well. Mm -hmm. And it was fun because I recognized some of the actors from this and from other things. Uh, the actress who played Cleves, who was the base commander, she later went on to be on Downton Abbey for quite a few years. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, oh, you wait a minute. Job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she got a, you know, she, you know, went from being a commander to work in the uh, kitchen at uh, Downton Abbey. So not so <laughs> bad. The, uh, the guy who played Buzzer uh, was on Life on Mars as well as Ashes yep. to Ashes. And, and which is, I don't think it's a coincidence. I mean, Matthew Graham, who wrote this episode, was mm-hmm. the co-creator of both those shows. A very good writer. He's also done uh, episodes for Hustle and Spooks, two of my other uh, really favorite shows uh, over in Britain. And um, But he did, you know, but he, Mikey, he did write I, Fear I, Her. I was just about to say, like, I'm glad he, he fear was her. To re- I was glad to see that he redeemed himself. <laughs> to do another better Doctor Who episode, Chloe Weber. Because his first, his first one was not really that not good. great. So, but um, you know, he's a guy that I would welcome back to the TARDIS with open arms. Like, you know, what do you got? Like, write for us. Like, I think he would do a. You know, he did. He shows that not only does you know is, is it interesting, but he creates characters that are that are that you care about. Um, and it was a little heavy handed with the boy, uh, with the, the father and the son's birthday and everything. I get, I grant you, but you know, I mean, we cared, we cared about all those people when usually we, they're just cannon fodder. It was kind of funny though, when the ganger was starting to normalize and the doctor walked up to himself basically. And he was, the other doctor was quoting past doctors, have a jelly baby, have, you know, <laughs> and using Tom's voice and using David's voice for, and it was just, it was actually a lot of fun to hear that and to see that. And it was all in all, it was a great episode. It was like you said, base under siege, but, and truthfully at times 
you didn't know who to root for, you know, because there were times the humans were being right out bastards yeah. about stuff. So I actually liked it in the end when Amy hugged the ganger doctor goodbye. I thought that was really incredible. Like the because the doctor he was when he went outside with Amy and they got into that that fight. I thought that was kind of like, ooh, doctor, what? <laughs> um, but when she hugged the ganger doctor at the end, it was like an acceptance of it. And I thought that was really incredible, too. Yeah, she she learns, even though she's only there by proxy, uh, she, learns a, <laughs> she learns a pretty big lesson because uh, obviously she's prejudiced against the the gangers uh, one, I think because of Rory's interest in, in Jennifer, as well as yeah. the, the fact that, you know, her singular guy, that's one in a million, uh, you know, is, is, is so duplicated. Easily copied. Yeah. is easily <laughs> copied. And she just can't accept that there's like, you know, there's more than one of him. And, uh, and yeah, she gets, she really, uh, she, she gets uh, the truth right in her face. Oh, big time. And that's, Something that was pretty awesome is like it was a real true slap of reality for her. You know, don't always judge a book by its cover. And, you know, and her jealousy about, you know, Rory and then also, you know, like, oh, Rory's helping them. You know, oh, I hate all gangers from here on out. And they weren't so bad. You know, they were just trying to survive, too. And, you know. But then again, you know, I don't know if I would feel, I'd probably feel weird seeing two of me, you know, also. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what made it interesting, though. It was very complicated emotionally, which, it, again, is not something you get in the Chibnall stories <laughs> most of the time. So, I mean, so that was really nice to see that there was a, a lot of layers going on. You know, it was not a superficial episode, especially going back and watching it. You know, after seeing it before, I think I missed a lot of the nuances. And then I thought, wow, he's doing a really good job of making this a not black and white issue. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool about it. I had forgotten how horrific Jennifer became in this story. Oh, yeah. She just loses it (laughs) (laughs) physically and mentally. She goes full out like, you know, alien thing like monster at the end. (laughs) Oh, the whole thing when she, you know, when she was walking up to that guy and her mouth opened wide and it was just like, she just, she just, you you didn't see it, but she just, she just swallowed that guy, you know, it's like, (laughs) you know, she just like ultimate deep throat of that guy. It was just like, Oh Jesus. It's like, that guy just went right down and it was like, and then when she became like, it looked like almost like something out of the thing. Or, uh, you know, at, at the end, and it probably gave some kids nightmares, I believe. But. <laughs> so it's pretty, it was pretty amazing to see. And I, you know, I liked it and everything. And it was, you know, some of the, you know, when they killed that one guy, you know, the one with the kid, and it was just like, oh, really? I know where they're going with this. And so it was, and it was sad because, you know, he could have had two dads, which is not a bad thing. But, you know. That's a different sitcom. But they also replicated the bad parts, too, like with Cleves, how both the ganger and Cleves happened to have the brain issue, mm-hmm. um, which mm-hmm. the doctor took care of. But I I was like, oh, so they replicated the negative as well as the positive. So they were an exact copy, almost exact copy in every aspect. So. 
Well, exactly, because she had what a blood clot in her brain. Yeah. And so you know, and that's what, and it, so the ganger had it too, and it was it was interesting. And then the doctor said, "Oh, I've got this formula that'll take care of that." It's like, <laughs> but there's other times the doctor's like, oh, "I'm so so sorry, I can't help you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, oh, gee, doctor, thanks. <laughs> Adric, you know, Adric is still waiting there, you know, somewhere on Earth. Right. The, oh, the doctor will save me. Yeah, the doctor's on there. He'll come where, get where, me. Where's my elixir that smells like burnt, or tastes like burnt onions? So, so, yeah, it was, it's just, it was kind of, there's convenience and then there's convenience. So, but it, it, it was overall a great, great story. It didn't slow down at all. It was just right from the very first scene. All the way through, I loved it. Even when the TARDIS got, you know, started sinking through the ground because of the acid and everything, and then showed up right at the right time. <laughs> oh, there you are! She knows how to make an entrance. That was my favorite. I was like, oh yeah! <laughs> it was pretty cool, it especially was- since we had just seen the Doctor's wife. So, like, this is like this is how we're looking at the Doctor at the TARDIS now. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And it was interesting, too, because, you know, the TARDIS and the Doctor, you know, from that point on, after the Doctor's wife, there was, you could, even more the special bond between the two of them. And it was even more interesting. And, of course, we're not going to bash Chibnall about throwing all that out the window, but, you know. (laughs) We're not going to do that right now, but it was just, it was great because it's like the TARDIS showed up. It was the Calvary. This is, you know, it's our way out of there and everything. So it was cool to see. And I would have loved to seen a story with more stories with the ganger doctor, though. I think that would have been kind of cool. It could mm-hmm. still be out there. That's true. Floating around somewhere. He does say that, you know, you, you, you know, we don't know much about this and you could, you could survive. You know, supposedly he could regenerate. Um, so, you know, there could be another ganger doctor out there. Um, a ganger Capaldi somewhere out there. <laughs> I don't know if it would necessarily, well, that's the thing. I don't know if he would necessarily uh, regenerate to the same look. Uh, as a doctor, so that would be interesting, but um, it's possible. Of course. It was, you know, it was neat because it brought in a lot of horror elements and, you know, the spooky castle, the monsters, and, you know, it was it was kind of a mix also between, you know, Frankenstein, you had a little bit of Frankenstein in this. Mm-hmm. You also had, you know, all these different, you know, even some vampire, but you also had a monster that transform can transform itself. It was just, it was neat to see. And it just, it everything in this worked really well, which was nice. Yeah. If you're a fan of the Philip Pinchcliffe episodes, then you're probably going to love. Baker, yeah. Very much so. Love this one. I could totally it's see it's very that. reminiscent mm-hmm. of them. So it was pretty cool. So I think we've talked a lot about this. Um, any final thoughts before we go ahead and rate this one? I love uh, the music in this one. When they started it out with the Muse song, Supermassive Black Hole, when they were playing darks, that was incredible. <laughs> the energy was already really high. And then I like the uh, Dusty Springfield one, too. And Roy's like, that's my mom's favorite. That's mm-hmm. 
My that mom loved so Dusty Springfield. Yeah, it was just so <laughs> random, and but it wasn't once you realized that Amy was pregnant the whole time. But still, it was a very, yeah, it was a, a way to connect with Rory. I think. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, uh, I loved how they said, you know, oh, maybe it's Vikings. Oh, Vikings that like Dusty Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually I was thinking that through this whole episode that I miss Murray Gold. <laughs> you yeah, know? I really do. Mm, he totally. was the best. Um, although I will say also, in addition to the, uh, um, the intro with Amy at the beginning of, of before the opening credits, uh, once the opening credits started proper, um, I was like, Ooh, this is not my favorite. <laughs> like, like, uh, I still just like the, it better than the Chibnall ones. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, that's a low bar. Um, so I'm not going to go there but uh, um it just seems so fast and uh like we need to get this over with um and i don't really particularly love the font that they use for the uh i know it's minor but the I, logo. I just, yeah dude that was our logo for, for how many years on the podcast I, <laughs> every episode of it no, no. wow but uh well not so much with the with the doctor who logo but the font they use like for the for the names like i just it looks like they're done in stone or something and it just doesn't really work for me. Um, and, uh, but, you know, you know, Murray's goal is great. And yes, combined with, you know, as the doctor said, who doesn't, who isn't a fan of Dusty Springfield? That is true. And, and but... it's so funny the way Matt delivers that. It's like, he knows her. Like, you just, like, it's just a, it's just a throwaway, like, who is it? But the way his face looks at everything, you're like, oh, he knows her. <laughs> very true. Very, very true. And, you know, which is which is really interesting if you like. I'm watching this after seeing uh, uh, last night in Soho, which Matt Smith does an amazing job playing a really uh, incredibly terrible person. Um, but Dusty Springfield comes up in that too, and it's kind of interesting. Oh, wow. that there's a, like a, just a That's little funny. bit of a tie-in uh, there, <laughs> but. Um, Maybe it's in Matt's contract, you know, something. You always you know. have to mention Dusty Springfield. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Two, I, I doubt it pops up in his other things. I, I doubt it's not going to pop the up crown. In, in, in Morbius and the Crown and uh, in the Game of Thrones prequel and the hundred of the other projects he's been doing. Like, that guy has been getting so much work. And uh, I, I haven't got to see much of it since he, uh, uh, since he left. Um, so, um, but... You know, when I again, when I saw last night in Soho, he was incredible in that. I do recommend people check that out. It is dark, so um, yeah, if you're into like dark horror stuff, it's pretty fun. Awesome, will do. Will do. All right, let's go ahead and rate this one out of five Tardises. One being the worst, five being the best. Shannon, it's your first time with us. You get to go first. I think it was a four. I really loved it. And at first, like I think I did what a lot of people did was like, Oh, okay. It was great, but what else? But after watching it again, seeing all those little things, I was like, this is really wonderful. I love it. <laughs> it was a bunch of good memories. That's awesome. That is really awesome. All right, Mikey. Um, ooh, you know, um, I'm going to give this a four. Ooh, I want to give it a 4.5 actually, because I just think it's really solid. Uh, there's not a lot of like things not to like about this. I don't know if it's something that obviously 
you know, one of the things that that makes a, a one to five for me is how accessible it is. And if you're, you know, watching Doctor Who for the first time, should you start with this two-parter? Mm, not really sure that that's going to work out for you, especially since it it does tie in with the the storyline of the season um, through this. Uh, I mean, the very reason that he goes there is because he's trying to check out what's going on with Amy. So, uh, which we find out at the end, you know, and it just cuts off right before, you know, uh, baby river pops up and says, hello, sweetie to everybody. Um, uh, so, um, I'm, uh, but yeah, I think it's, I think it is so fun to watch and it's, um, uh, it's got all the elements. It's well, the, all the other characters are good. I'm not sure if there's anybody strong enough that I would say, Oh, I want them to be another companion, but, uh, there's still, you care about them, especially, uh, when they, when they die. So that's important. No, agree with that one completely. Mary. Give it a four also. I mean, I think it's a really well-constructed two-parter. It's one of the few where both parts uh, hold up. Uh, You know, one isn't so much stronger than the other one that the other one gets overshadowed. And I like that. And um, there's a lot of um, very emotional kind of nuanced writing here that we haven't seen in quite a while. And and it's one of those ones that really, it it improves on the rewatch. I really recommend people go back and, and rewatch it because it's well worth it. Nope. Totally understand that completely. This is definitely worth a rewatch and this probably will not be the last time I watch this one again. Um, I'm going to give it a four and a half also. Damn it. I hate when we all agree and you know, and it's, it's fun though because the two parter, is very, very solid. And it, it, if you watch it back to back, you know, it's seamless. It goes right out. And it was a lot of fun to hear and to talk about it with you guys, of course, but this isn't the first time we've actually talked about it. I found out we talked about this on earth station one episode 61 all the way back. You know, I wonder how, what my rating was on that. (laughs) because <laughs> <Just>, <laughs> it was because that was in the moment that was uh that's uh when it was live and and first aired so my first reaction i i you know i we didn't unfortunately write that stuff down so i'd have to listen to it but um but like you said i think it's definitely worth a rewatch um and it, it does improve um especially after you look at you know what we've recently seen mm-hmm and, exactly. and, I, and I hate putting it in that on that curve, you know, grading it on that curve. But this is a solid, you know, this is very just solid. true. And it's mm-hmm. fun to watch. And there's no like, as you guys said, it's a great two parter. I love two parters. The cliffhanger strong. There's no padding. It's just great, great writing. Yeah, we had an action packed episode of that one. It was me, Mike Gordon. And there was also when Dan Rin was still on the show, Judy was also on the show, mm-hmm. William was on the show, and also Matt Murdock was on the show from the US <laughs> ah. podcast. Talk oh. about a flashback. And talking all about Doctor Who. But that wasn't all. We also talked about James Bond that episode. We also <laughs> had uh, somebody in the geek seat. That, That's and when our said show was like lasted like three hours. <laughs> exactly. The good old days of podcasting as we like to say the golden age (laughs) so but yeah so this was a lot of fun we definitely would love to hear from you guys at home what did you guys think of this episode please write us feedback at earthstationwho.com we definitely would love to hear from you guys all right we will be back again in two weeks and folks 
We got a good one lined up for you. We have an amazing one, actually, for you. We are going to be going back and looking at the Diary of River Song, episode six. So... Well, see, this one ends with the birth of River, and now we go right into the River's <laughs> Diary. Right into River. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really awesome. You know, it's back-to-back. You know, what can you say? I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Shannon, you made it through your first episode with you. So I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it was great. And um, I know you have a Facebook presence and such, but, you know, you're not really doing a ton of geekdom right now. I know also. So anyway, you know, if people want to find out more about you or anything. Um, I'm not really doing any of my cosplay stuff anymore. But if you want to find out more about me, I'll probably be doing stuff with Chewbacca, which is a Mardi Gras parade themed around sci-fi which we have Doctor Who, Star Wars, Star Trek, Tau, um, Douglas Adams. <laughs> so, wow. yeah, we'll be doing stuff with them. Oh, that's awesome. Are they planning on doing Mardi Gras this year? Oh, yeah. Everybody's – we're all going to do Mardi Gras this year. Oh, that is awesome. I didn't know with, like, Omicron and everything like that. Very masked. Very masked. <laughs> Understandable. That's awesome. Well, I hope you enjoy yourself. I can't wait to see the pics and everything okay. and find out more about it. And let's thank our regulars, of course. Mr. Mike Gordon, we made it through another one, my friend. We did. And as always, it's my pleasure. And Ms. Mary Ogle, thank you, thank you, as always. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm glad we chose these episodes to rewatch. It was well worth it. And how can people find your artwork? You can find me at maryogle.com or on Etsy at eVision Arts. Yay! That is awesome. Thank you, everybody, for joining us, as, as always. I um, want a big shout-out for our patrons, um, giving you guys a lot of exclusive materials, you know, more and more. Um, we have, of course, the Earth Station DCU Classics is now going to be coming to you regularly. And, of course, Earth Station 1's Rants and Raves are now exclusively for patrons. And you, too, can join for as little as a dollar. You can go to patreon.com slash network. Not too shabby there. And you know what? It's always great when you have, you know, friends and family and, you know, people just up there enjoying your stuff. And that's why we like talking to you guys for Earth Station Who. I hope you guys are enjoying 2022 a ton. And hopefully we will see you guys next time when we talk all about River Song. Until then, on behalf of all of us, we will see you. Peace. And we are done. You have been listening to Earth Station Who, a bi-weekly pop culture podcast dedicated to all things Doctor Who, featuring talents from across the universe. All topics on the show are the sole opinions of the individual and are used for entertainment value alone. You can subscribe to our podcast up on iTunes, Stitcher, or follow our blog at www.esopodcast.com. You can also follow us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Google+. If you enjoyed the show, please leave feedback up on iTunes. Straight from the nerdy heart of Hollywood, California. We are your home for news, opinions, and interviews from the world of Comic Cons and fandoms, your ultimate insiders for all things. Ah! 
this has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.